Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Swings and crushes one. Left field. Way back. Happy birthday, Patrick Wisdom. Wow. A no-doubter. And the Cubs jump out. It is three to nothing. And that thing was tattooed. The first of four in the first two games of this series between the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, I saw a friend of the show, Chris Kampka, tweet earlier the list of people who've had consecutive multi-homer games against the White Sox. Patrick Wisdom the last two days. Rusty Greer in August of 1997. Okay. And then names like this. Albert Bell, Eddie Murray, Roger Maris, Ted Williams. Thank you, Chris Kampka. That's heady group for Patrick Wisdom. But, of course, that's where he is. I mean, this is his Cubs team, isn't it? I think it is right now. It's pretty amazing. It's 670 the score. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Hit and runs usually over by noon. What's going on? Well, I'm taking you up to 1235 when Cubs pregame hits the airwaves for Cubs and White Sox, the finale of the Crosstown series, even though the vaunted Wintrust Cup is is over and decided upon. What did that feel like to see? The Wintrust Cup handed out. Let's ask our next guest. He is John Greenberg, the founding editor over at The Athletic and their lead columnist uh, for Chicago coverage. Dude's been writing a weekly baseball column for a long time now here this year. How many months? I, I think it's been John Greenberg. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi. Hey, good, man. Thank you. Yeah, I started probably about probably around the all maybe like June or July. I think I started it. the okay. weekly column just to give me something to to kind of keep me locked in, you know, we don't get uh, obviously clubhouse access. You can still grab guys in the field, but you know, I want something to keep me locked in on both teams. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. And by the way, I got to correct you on something. Yes. You know, I feel like it's a little rude, but it's not a cup anymore because uh, the new trophy is now like a building. Really? It's like a okay. big. It's like a big tower. Yeah. So what? So yeah, it I used to be the. Of it on Friday. Yeah, it used to be the BP Cup, um, and but now right. it's the Wintrust Famously. Tower. What, what do they call it? Yeah, it's just like the Wintrust Crosstown Trophy or something. I don't know. The Wintrust yeah. uh, High Rise. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, they're getting a lot of mentions. They're getting a lot of mentions, and along with those mentions, I can tell them that it is a poorly devised trophy. If we don't even know what to call it, you know, um, it it, yeah. it, sh- it should be called something that is similar to what it looks like but that's that's not why you called that's not it's it's neither here nor there i gotta thank you for 
maybe my favorite thing that you pointed out in one of your baseball columns this year, maybe my favorite thing, is that Michael Hermosillo is playing baseball in part to spite Tim Beckman. And if you can't get behind that, (laughs) (laughs) then what can you get behind? The fact that the dude who invented Wint, what is necessary to win today or whatever the hell it is, told him you're a 28th round pick. What are even the odds that you make it to the big leagues when he was drafted (laughs) while a football player in Illinois? And he said, you know what? Screw you, Tim Beckman. I love that. So, and Hermosillo's kind of, he's kind of interesting, actually, Michael Hermosillo. he really is. And I mean, it's like, he's not, you know, I mean, he's definitely someone to watch. I mean, they're not, they're not going to build the team around him, but you know, it's a great story. He's a local kid. We love the local kid angle. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he made some really nice catches when I was there on Friday. Yeah. Made two really nice ones, um, including that one at the wall. I think it was Robin Andrew Vaughn of a Homer. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got, he's got some ability. And, you know, he told, I talked to him the other day and he said, you know, he, he got signed in the offseason, and they liked him, I think, a year before even, you know, their scouts did. And he said they were, you know, really su- – unlike Tim Beckman, they were very supportive of him playing baseball in, in the organization. It, and I, I overstated the Beckman stuff just, you know, for humor, but – because he's like, yeah, he was probably right. But, like, I just feel like that's a really weird way to get – like, are you trying to neg someone? Is this like a pickup artist move? You know, yeah. you're, you're trying to nag them to, to, to sign with your team. That doesn't seem like the best strategy. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, you have no shot of going out with that person. Why don't you go out with me instead? That's like, that's, that's, that's not going to work for Tim Beckman. But, you know, there's, we could do a whole show on uh, what didn't work for Tim Beckman. Um, but <laughs> but there is, there, there's some interesting guys uh, on this team, and you saw it on Friday night. They, I mean, Patrick Wisdom Patrick Wisdom has obviously earned earned a spot, and why not? There's only a certain number of guys, though, that you can say, well, why couldn't player X be figuring it out at this point? Like, I love stories right. like that, and we obviously have that with Patrick Wisdom. I think we have it with Rafael Ortega, and I can actually look at him and say, you know, look, look there's a reason. He hasn't played an awful lot in the past couple years, and, you know, there's – I can go to the why not place with Rafael Ortega, but I think I'm done after that. I think after those two guys, I'm kind of done yeah. with the why not possibilities. What about Schwindel? You don't like Schwindy, the Schwindy city? <laughs> oh, man. I, I didn't make that up. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was the minor league player of the year in the Kansas City Royals system in 2019, so I got to give that up for him. Um, but, no, I mean, look, he can hit. He can legitimately hit, but I don't know. I mean, why, why hasn't it worked out so far for Frank Schwindel? He asked, not really. I just like his name. Yeah. It's just just a great, like, fill-in player name, you know? And it's like, it was like good. I felt bad because I was using it as a punchline a lot. Yeah. Because it is kind of like a punchline name, right? You lose Anthony Rizzo, you get, like, Frank Schwindel sounds like, you know, the, like the Big Lots brand of, of, of Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> you know, yes. he's your generic store brand. <laughs> right. He's the Dr. Thunder version of, of Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> um, no, it's true. And he came up on that day and when everybody got traded and they had, uh, I think they had 19 people on the roster 45 minutes before the game in Washington on the day of the deadline. Right. And then they, anou- they announced all these moves and one of them was Frank Schwindel and everybody was immediately like, that's not a real person. I'm sorry, that's just <laughs> not a real person. And now we see that he actually is. So good on him for proving he's actually a human, you know? 
You're right. I, I thought there was a funny quote, though. I don't. I didn't see the context, uh, but yesterday, wisdom. Someone asked wisdom. I think like about people counting out. You know these these thirty you know thirty year old like AAA guys, and they come up, and he goes like, if someone's doing that, that's on them. Like, all right, calm down for one second, Patrick. <laughs> like, if people are counting you guys out, it's because they never heard of you until this season. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just, like, but, but, you know, like, I, it, look, these guys have to be arrogant to be good at their jobs. Maybe not arrogant, but they got to be confident. And Patrick yeah. Wisdom was Patrick Wisdom was a first-round pick. He was a first-round pick. Right. I love, he, was, he, was, he was a, a big-time um, prospect. I love the fact that Lance Lynn can say about Patrick Wisdom, I've known him for a long time, and I'm really wanting good things because they were in the freaking Cardinals system together, you know? Um, it, exactly, it, and everyone says wisdom was just blocked all the time. He just yes. never had a, he just never had a place to go. So yeah, I think it's. I talked to, and you know, I asked Ross about that the other day when I was at, at Wrigley. Just you know, kind of when I was writing by, is this the worst Cubs team we've ever seen? The column. I also wanted to give the other side and asked him what it was like to. You know, to manage some of these guys who are going to get extended looks that would otherwise never have got them, you know, and that is kind of cool. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say like fans should be like focused on it and happy about it, that, that these guys are getting extended looks instead of uh, seeing a competitive team, but it is cool for them. I mean, they yeah. could make, this could change their lives. It could be a Josh McCown situation. Um, I, I love that Sahad of Sharma uh, on, on your staff at The Athletic has started doing a column yeah, he's on the team for next year, which I believe is inspired by Ed Farmer talking about that, uh, which gets played an awful lot here on the score. So I love the 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 the, the, the nod. But um, who who has Sahadev declared is on the team for next year? Um, Ortega, Wisdom. I think Ortega. Yeah, I don't know who else. I mean, I think Schwindel on there. I don't know if he is yet. But it's it's a good it's a good column to write. It's a good thought process to write. I don't know how he feels about Efros, the guy who just got called up yesterday, or right. Al- Alfonso Rivas, who we're, we're going to see today. I wonder if Ian Happ is on the team for next year. I wonder if David Bodie is on the yes. team for next year. Contractually, they both make sense to be so. Frankly, yeah, and I would say even Bodie, maybe even more because he's they signed him. You know what I mean? And he's not on. Um, right. You know, like Happ, they, they would have they would they could just non tender him. Because yes. he, he's still he's still arbitrary, like they did with Schwarber. Um, you know, man, I, I wrote the other day that you know I would I, there's a case for just saying goodbye to those two, and frankly, there's a case to saying goodbye to Jason Hayward as as like you know as final as that would be, like just saying hey, we owe you this money, um, you know, we're gonna pay you and sign, you know, we'll pay you la- this money minus whatever you get in like a minimum deal somewhere else. And just say goodbye because, yeah, it sounds silly to say there's not enough at bats for Jason Hayward, you know, when they don't have any players right now, but they don't. You know, I'd rather see you, everyone would rather see like other guys, even if they're, you know, these 4A type players getting his at bats. Now, this year I would understand, you know, Ross not wanting to overexpose some of these guys, um, you know, and play them every day and just play them, you know, maybe a little more when matchups are maybe favorable. But, like, after this year, I, I think there's a real case to just say goodbye to Jason Hayward, too. And if they wanted to get rid of Happ and Bodie and they would just pay Bodie not to play here anymore, um, you know, no offense as he's, as he's recovering from that uh, tripping on the baseball injury. But, um, you know, I think there's a case for that, too. Just, you know, really just make it a clean break from a lot of these guys. Do you think that they will be um, aggressive in trying to field a team – that offers a competitive brand of baseball so they can try 
and sell that publicly um, and sensibly, you know, try and, you know, try and get good quickly. Do you think they're going to be aggressive in the offseason headed in that direction? Um, yes, but I don't foresee, you know, a bunch of huge contracts given out, right? I don't think they're going to be giving Carlos Rodon $100 million plus dollars, you know, or like, you know, Carlos Correa has been a guy that's been talked about. I don't know about that. I think they're going to look – I think they'll be aggressive at looking, frankly, like aggressive bargain shopping, you know, at looking for the Marcus Simeons of the world, you mm-hmm. know, who, who don't get the big deals they want and then giving them big one-year deals. Yes. I think you're going to see a lot of those short-term one, two-year deals, and they're going to be aggressive in that way. I don't think they're going to be aggressive in instantly remaking this team. It's not going to be like 2007 all over again. You know, where they bought him out in 06, and then they just spend big that offseason to make an instinct, you know, instinct competitors, or even, you know, 2015, if you want to look at that, or 16. But, like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be bargain shopping. But I do think they're going to make, I mean, they can't put a lineup like this out again. No, you know? no. I mean, I, 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 a couple things there. Um, the, 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 the other thing about deals like that is they can double as potential sign-in flips. You know, if you're, if you're out mm-hmm. of contention, a one-year deal or even a two-year deal can become a very uh, attractive um, trade asset if you are out of contention. So those guys can turn to sign-in flips. But the 2006 to 2007 comp is really an interesting one. Have you written about that yet? Because everyone's looking to try and compare it to the three years of non-prioritizing winning on the big league level and the slow build that Theo did. And of course that's not even remotely what the comp is going to be, but 2006 ending a bunch of relationships and then going out and that's when they spent the money on, on Soriano and, and others and immediately, immediately went hard and got good right away for 207 right. and, and 2008. I guess the, the big difference would be is they still had, they still had a foundation for that team, right? You still had yes. Dempster, um, I think that's when he went from reliever back to starter, I believe. And then, I mean, you had Aramis, you had Derek Lee, you know, so you did have some guys from those teams to build on. And then, right, you had Soriano, and, you, you know, and then they just, they went crazy trying to add guys, you know, DeRosa, people like that. But they had something there. This is just a completely unique situation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a pretty unique situation in baseball in general, the way they the way they just shredded those guys all at one time. I mean, that's something you see in the off season. And you see that in the off season when like Wayne Heisenga owns your team, <laughs> like oh, it's not, God. you know, it's not something you see from like a normal like oh. well-run baseball team because they painted themselves in the corner with all those guys having, you know, all their contracts coming up at the same time. That is a painful. You know? That is a painful reference. Not that I was a Marlins fan, but he went out. <laughs> he went out and bought them a title. With Jim Leland, bought them Gary Sheffield and all these other guys, and then immediately right. sold them all off as soon as they wanted. Like, well, my job here is done, and he sold them off like cars immediately. And oh god, yeah. that's that's a horrific comp uh, to make. <laughs> I mean, that was Bastard. that was painful. I actually rooted for the Marlins in that World Series because I'm a Jim Leland guy, uh, and I like to root against Cleveland. Yeah, look at you, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, underneath underneath the core there. Um, what, all right, what did you think of seeing 30 runs on Friday night? That's the oh game that people are going to remember uh, from this series. A 30-run a game, explosive Grandal. Um, I guess the question is, and it's the overriding question in this baseball town right now, other than how the Cubs are going to rebuild. The other question is, are the White Sox good enough to win it all? And right now, I don't know if they pass the eye test, frankly, or the numbers test. No, I mean, I've been kind of, I wouldn't say 
skeptical, but I think the matchups in the playoffs don't look the, the DS matchups just don't look good. I mean, do you like them against the Rays and the Astros? Maybe the maybe the Rays a little more than the Astros. I would probably mm-hmm. say people would, would say. And you know, and here's the thing: I've been kind of beating the drum about, and it's nothing they can control really. But like, you know, everyone talks about down the stretch, the most important thing is keeping healthy, and, and that's absolutely true. But you know, if they could get home field, if they could have got, get home field advantage against the Astros, that would make me a little more confident because I mean, their splits at home and a road are, you know, they're always people are always better at home than on the road. But like, it's pretty noticeable. They're like twenty games over at home and like mm-hmm. five hundred on the road. So like, if you where would you rather have like one and two and five, you know, in front of thirty eight thousand like rabid Sox fans who are frothing, literally frothing in the mouth and wasted beyond belief, or would you rather have it? You know, in Houston, and I think Houston, I don't know if, I think their road record is actually decent. And, like, you know, they probably get, in the same sense, they those guys are getting, you know, getting off a little bit on, on the booze and, and being like the villains and coming in and trying to shut fans up. Oh, but yeah, still, they, they, they rather... did so. They did so last year. They didn't. They didn't care last year in the postseason. And no. on the, they're nine over five hundred on the road. Are the okay, Houston Astros? Good. Yeah, that's uh, I think th- third still, third best. Still... Mm-hmm. Right, you'd still rather be home. I mean, you, sure. you know, I think the Sox especially. So, I mean, right now they're they're you know going to be the road team in the DS. Right now they're scheduled to play Houston. Tampa Bay doesn't seem to be uh, letting up at all, and you know it's just not a, not great matchups for them. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't feel great about this team, but you know, you can see like it, it, that that this Cubs game was that one I saw was so tough to. Uh, you know, because you felt like they could, they knew they could score like five runs an inning anytime they wanted against mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, the pitchers that comes through out there, obviously it's a lot different yesterday with Alec Mills dominating, but like they were throwing out like, I mean, meatballs and like Ryan Messinger, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Keegan, Keegan Thompson, I know is, is a good prospect, but I mean, he's, you're going to be overmatched against this lineup. Yeah. And, um, it, it, you know, it's amazing when you see the Cubs making certain moves like Rivas and, and Efros had come up yesterday and they just DFA two pitchers who you've seen a lot in the past right. three weeks. Right. Like you're like, whoa, OK, that's what we're dealing with here. I think it's I think we're looking at 66 players um, with these two guys. If they both get in today or 66 players breaking their own uh, record, extending their own record for most players ever used was in that, a year. Was that 12 or 13 time. was the most? Uh, these are the most uh, players in twelve. It was one of those two. I, I, I would was, assume. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would assume so as well. I'll, I'll have to look. But um, but twelve. I, you know, it's funny. We we were talking. To, I'll just show this real quick. We were talking to Jed the other day at, at Wrigley, and we were talking about the 2012 season. And I wrote that big. Um, if anyone hasn't read it, but uh, a couple years ago, I went and revisited the 2012 team, and I actually tracked down a bunch of these guys and interviewed them about what that season was like. You know, people that had – because for a lot of these guys in 12 and 13, that was their first and last – or maybe their second and last appearances in the majors. Like, a lot of guys ended their careers with those teams, and that's what happens when you're when you're picking up these guys, some of them who are, like, at the end of the rope. And, you know, we were talking about this guy, Alex Hinshaw. Remember Alex Hinshaw? Oh, wow. Probably not, because he, uh, he pitched for, like, three times. He, he got picked up on waivers in, like, September, and he got released in, <laughs> in September. And – um, he gave up three straight home runs to the Brewers at Wrigley, and guys were hitting him like, I mean, really down the street on Waveland. Like, like it was a Ramos and Braun and someone else, and it was like, it was really painful. And I actually talked to him about that. He got released the next day and never pitched in the majors again, and it like haunts him to this day. Wow. W- was that was that was what happened? 
I mean, it was like, it, if you go back and look at the video of it, you can find it. They're the loud. People in the Cubs, it was like the loudest home run they've ever heard in their life. That's why. And you know, that, that, that's why. These are real people, Greenberg. That's right. why you need to stop using yeah. Schwindel as a punchline. You got to stop. I, I, I get 100%. I've, I mean, I'm all for Schwindel now. I like Schwindel. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like, I mean, like, I, you can joke about guys and like, but it's true. Like, I, I asked Hinshaw in that interview, I'm like, oh, do you remember that game? And he goes, do I remember that game? It's like, dude, I've been like, thinking about it for yeah. seven years. Uh, yeah, I remember that, my career ending. That, <laughs> yes, I remember my baseball career. Thanks for asking. Um, well, that's the thing. There, there's, there's great stories mixed in, you know. Um, right. and there are really good stories mixed in because these are, these are people getting their actual chance. And uh, you'll hear them all yeah. in a matter of moments on Cubs, White Sox, right here on The Score. John, thank you for your time. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, is it true that there are uh, two Cubs writers um, for The Athletic and only one Sox writer? And why is that? I, as I echo the fan base directly to you. It is absolutely true. And okay. you know what? They still, uh, they're still getting, people still like to read about the Cubs. And, you know, the White Sox have a great fan base. A good James has an amazing, we measure engagement rate, you know, of how many people are engaging with his stories. His is like the tops in the company. That's how good it is. Um, so that's why, you know, you're going to see during playoffs and down the road, those two helping out on the White Sox and me, obviously, doing a lot more work on the socks. Like I'm working on the socks column right now for tomorrow. There you go. See, all right. So. See fans want to make sure that the proper attention is being paid. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's John Greenberg from the athletic right here on six seventy. the score. Yeah. We had a conversation with Paul Sullivan last hour about fan flipping and coverage and such. We'll come back and talk about Patrick wisdom. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, and whether he measures up in National League Rookie of the Year conversation. We'll do that before we get out of here on 670 The Score. Patrick Wisdom is on fire. Matt Spiegel here with you, wrapping up hit and run on the score. Cubs pregame coming up a little bit. Zach Zabeman, Ron Coomer, Pat Hughes. The men are coming on 670 The Score. It's been a great listen. Zach had a great call of the of the wisdom home run last night. I think it was last night his his second uh, again. Uh, in fact, I'm going to play live producer right here, Sean Anderson. Um, I would like to hear that the Zach Zaidman call of of Patrick Wisdom's home run, and I'd like to hear SF six twenty six ninety Patrick Wisdom from post of the Cubs game. Here comes the two two. Wisdom hits one in the air, deep left field, going back Jimenez, he turns around, it's gone! Patrick Wisdom with his second home run of the night, 
Cubs now up seven to nothing. I don't want it to sound like coming off rude, but like I'm, they're surprised and that's on them. You know, I, I know what I can do and other people can, other, other people know what we can do. Um, I think there's a reason why we're here and while we're, why we are playing well and like we are. Um, obviously team wise, we want to win and that's kind of the goal. Um, but uh, if we can just keep going, I think things will kind of turn around. Um, and I'm so happy for Rafi and Frank and um, other guys, you know, down the line uh, just to come in and, and play like we've been playing. It's it's really special. And it's really fun to be a part of. That's Patrick Wisdom. There's a reason why I am here, a reason why some of these guys are here, because they're talented baseball players. I mean, Patrick Wisdom was a first-round pick, 2012 draft from the St. Louis Cardinals, and he has always been a huge power bat in college, in the minor league system, blocked in St. Louis, um, in the minor leagues for the Cubs, and now here on the big leagues getting a chance to do it. He leads all National League rookies in home runs with 25. He's second among National League rookies in RBIs with 50 behind Jonathan India's 59. But guess what? Jonathan India has played in 40 more baseball games than Patrick Wisdom. He's got 166 more times at bat than Patrick Wisdom. Jonathan India is the main competition for Rookie of the Year. But Wisdom has a real shot. I think he's got to to go on a continued home run barrage here. If he gets above 30 homers, and there's no reason to think he won't, if he approaches 35 home runs, Patrick Wisdom could very well win National League Rookie of the Year. And that would be kind of cool. Thank you so much to the great guests on this show today. John Greenberg from The Athletic, Paul Sullivan from the Chicago Tribune, Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and Doug Glanville from Marquee. Again, his show on tonight at 5 o'clock on Marquee Class is in session. Thank you to Sean Anderson for a great job. Well done. And uh, nice to be back from vacation. Thank you for the warm welcome and the interaction there. Listeners, callers, texters, everybody who's been hanging around with me on a Sunday morning into Sunday afternoon. Cubs pregame is next. I'm back tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Danny Parkins all week long on Parkins and Spiegel right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.